the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. If you want like a show dedicated to Bitcoin, that's fine. Otherwise, with me, you're going to get something like a more of a fleeting, oh, this is what Bitcoin's doing. I trust that you have a lot of skills on your own to um, not get yourself in trouble. Maybe that's a little bit too much trust, right? Home prices are a big story today. Plus, Wall Street is a big story today. Um, again, I'm not. I'm dragging this out, and I shun it. But my mom passed away a couple of weeks ago, so I've spent the last couple of weeks kind of mentally getting to different places. My storytelling of uh, financial stories isn't good right now. I feel out of practice. Um, but one of the things that has happened, and this typically happens, is when you take a little bit of a break, things change, and you're like, it takes you a little bit more time to get back into it. I don't think that's happened. I think it's starting to happen. The 10-year treasury has been moving higher, and Wall Street took notice. Um, thinking, is that time when inflation's coming? And the answer is yes. For now, if we believe it, <laughs> that's the best part about it. Or today, when the market's down big, do we buy the dip and not even say, you know, boo about it? That's a real possibility, too. What do we have coming down the road? We've got the House is set to pass Biden's COVID-19 relief bill this week. Um, when all is said and done, there will probably be some negotiations of some ideas inside the stimulus pulled away from it. Um, will the paid sick leave get through as expansive as it's being written? Will the $15 minimum wage make the final cut or will it be edited out? A lot going on there, but that amount of stimulus is, tell, is telling me <clears throat> Wall Street's seeing the 10-year treasury move higher. Wall Street's seeing that stimulus coming, and they're saying, okay, this is going to imply this is going to imply inflation. If every American had a job, we would all have houses, and we'd all be paying more for houses because there'd be fewer houses for people being born or people immigrating into the country. Fortunately or unfortunately, we don't all have homes. Some of us are renters, some of our owners. Um, so you kind of follow the money, and right now there is a tremendous amount of money being proposed as stimulus. Now, I get it. Some people are going to email me and go, uh, look, jerk face. This amount of money is going to have to be paid for by someone down the road. Your kids, your kids' kids. Your kids' kids' kids. Like, we'll never pay off this debt. It'll never happen. Um, and I'm okay with that. Because I believe that you've got from age 20 to 60 to build up a nest egg and then you live off the nest egg from 60 to 100. Um, I don't want to get into the micros like Chad does. When CFP Chad Burton talks about, well, from 60 to 70, you're probably going to spend more money than from 70 to 80 when your health starts to decline. 
And then from 80 to 100, that's when you start making bad financial <laughs> decisions and giving your money away to nurses and uh, friends from your past. And you X out your children. I'm like, what? Where did that go so dark? So big stimulus coming. Home prices rise 10.4% for the biggest gain in seven years. And again, logically speaking, does it make sense to you? Uh, it doesn't make sense other than cheap money. Low cost of money has created a situation where people feel more comfortable taking on risk. Then you get the pandemic where we – I don't think we really left the big cities as much as people think. I think it's changed. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of people buying second homes and not necessarily permanent homes. But Phoenix, Seattle, San Diego had the strongest pace. Uh, Phoenix up 14.4%. Seattle up 13.6%. Um, I bring this up not again to um, say – I'm not poo-pooing it. I believe in it. I, I believe the increases are real. Who do I feel bad for? Renters, people that don't own real estate. When you see a home price jump 10% in the country, that is a significant amount of money. When we say things along the lines of you need 20% down before you buy a home, it shouldn't be more than 30% of your income. Those 10% jumps are, are painful. The areas that saw the biggest home jump prices, Idaho up 21%, Montana up 15.5%, Utah up 15.4%. Now, typically with the Case-Shiller, we only report on the cities like Phoenix, San Diego, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles. You get the idea. 20 biggest cities in the country. But inside the deep data of the Case-Shiller report, you can find little nuggets like the western states experienced the greatest home price gains. And I'm like, interesting. Idaho, Montana, Utah. Idaho was up 21% year over year. Now, did you know that was going to happen? You kind of did. When you turned on the news in the last year, you saw people leaving the Bay Area, leaving uh, jobs. Don't have to go into the big city anymore. I could buy it. Wait, wait. I can get a house that's three times, four times bigger for the same payment or less. I can get a home for 25% the payment that I'm doing now with the same size. Like people left. <clears throat> people set up shop in Idaho, Montana, and Utah at alarming levels, up 21%. Now, all I'm going to stop and say right there is do you think that's healthy? I'm not trying to poo poo it. I'm just saying it's very inflationary. Tesla shares down after suffering their biggest single day loss in months on Monday. One analyst said Tesla share price is now directly linked to Bitcoin. What a weird way to play Bitcoin, huh? Um, they have a lot of it for sure, but we won't know when they sell it until they report earnings and tell us. doesn't always work like that, but that's the idea. Palo Alto Network reported earnings of $1.55. Um that doesn't mean anything to you, but it was above expectations and cybersecurity's revenue beat forecasts. Palo Alto Networks is one of those companies that I think would probably be better suited if we were still working in the office space. But because the underlying trend of working from home, people started blowing their cybersecurity privileges and, and credentials and they forgot they were working. Um, it's not going away. I'm not saying buy Palo Alto Networks, but cybersecurity is very interesting to me on a regular basis. Home Depot had a great quarter. Revenue came in above expectations. Same store sales up 24% year over year. Now, again, that's a, a tough one. 
was last year pandemic where they, people weren't allowed to mull around their stores. People weren't allowed to go in. A little bit of that, but also a lot of lower cost mortgage and home price. Those work kind of hand to hand. We tend to throw money into our homes in good economies and bad economies and good housing markets, bad housing markets. Macy's is in the news today. They reported it. And again, this one I throw out there because I didn't see this one coming. Comparable same store sales fell 17.1%, but they had a better than expected quarter. And Wall Street rewards that. I did not think a year ago that I'd be speaking a year out and saying, yeah, Macy's had a good quarter for the holiday season. I didn't, think, I didn't see that. So I'm just, I'm also not a big Macy's fan pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, and probably not post-pandemic. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do the best I can to put together kind of an hour or two of financial information that you can consume in 15-minute bites or pass on a day and come back to it the next day. The NASDAQ and growth stocks are hit hard again. Is there a bear market coming in the NASDAQ? Yes. Is it going to be in 2021? I don't know. Um, but when you have outperformance for 10 years in a row, you tend to get some underperformance. It's like you going out for a sprint today. When you've stayed inside for COVID for the whole year, then you go out and like, I'm going to go for a walk. That's the better idea than going for a run. Kind of get things moving in the right direction again, right? So NASDAQ and growth stocks are getting hit hard again. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell is testifying before the Senate Banking Committee. And we're worried about one word with him, inflation. We know the economy is improving. A lot of Republicans think the Democrats are trying to pass too big of a stimulus. Kind of sneak it in is the way the media portrays it. So Jerome Powell's going to tell us how the economy is doing. And from, you know, kind of a cheat sheet, Jerome Powell and uh, Janet Yellen have done a very, uh, what's the word? On the same page, they're coinciding, messages coinciding with each other that the stimulus is important. To make sure the economy rebounds and so that we're not back here again. Now, again, yesterday we saw that with the South African variant of COVID land in New York for the first time in a test result. And in theory, we're like, okay, what's going to be the next variant? Are we in a better position than we are a year from now? And that's kind of the messaging that I'm getting is that after your first shot, your chances of becoming severely ill drop significantly or your chances of not going to the hospital improve over 80%. Again, I'm not doing a science show. I'm not doing a vaccination show. Uh, although I am kind of interested on how America really can't get behind. Do we trust vaccines or not? I, I don't think I'm a documentarian, but that is a documentarian kind of mentality, right? Relative strength and defense-oriented stocks today, financials, energy, healthcare, they're kind of hanging in there. Wall Street's looking around and saying, hey, is the United States, are we going to buy the dip uh, in tech stocks or, and or not? Again, I don't know. So far, we have for a long period of time. 
uh, right around February of 2020, January and February, we were saying, hey, this market is not, this market's been in a bull market now for 10 years. We need a pullback. And then we got kind of got one when the pandemic hit, but it didn't last long. As I think smart money said, hey, government's going to spend money to get us out of this. They typically always do. That's one of the messaging points that I want to make is we financially engineer our country. So your grandfather or maybe your great-grandfather at this point in time probably remembers the Great Recession, probably remembers hearing of stories of people jumping out of buildings, hearing of stories of there's no food, food lines, um, soup kitchens. But we really haven't had that kind of prolonged period of super high unemployment. Instead, we've been kind of managing this and engineering it so that the wealthy stay wealthy and the middle class have an opportunity to create some wealth and the lower class have some opportunity to create some middle class wealth. I don't know if that's completely true. In fact, you can hear probably a little bit of cynicism in my voice, uh, but that's what we try. So reopening trades, cruise lines, movie theaters, airlines, hotels, um, they're all moving higher right now. So let me just give you some names that are considered reopenings so you can say, oh, I kind of get it. I get where you, I get what you're picking up, Rob. Royal Caribbean. Um, yesterday we saw a massive positive earnings commentary from Royal Caribbean. And we saw industry-wide upgrades to the airlines from Deutsche Bank. And that's kind of catalyzed these guys. Well, the NASDAQ's getting beat up. And when I say the NASDAQ, let's be honest, Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, Google, Netflix – it's typically those guys. As they go, so goes the NASDAQ. Not completely. But financials, materials, and industrials are doing well. So if you want to look at and learn how the economies are working right now, uh, use the ticker symbol XLF to see financials and financial holdings. Notice that the big move up didn't happen when the Federal Reserve raised interest rates because the Federal Reserve hasn't raised interest rates. But the market has started moving the 10-year interest rate higher. How will the market respond to better yields on bonds? Historically, not great. If you can sock your money away and get better than inflation, money starts going that direction. And it might leave some of the riskier names. Again, these are different markets. We've got millennials involved now. We've got Robinhood involved now. But you also want to take a look at not just the financials, XLF. Reopening trades include materials, XLB. Reopening trades include industrials, XLI. And later today, that's something I'll look at. And I'll say, okay, here's how the reopening looks. And I'll visualize it. Um, when you take a look at the S&P Core Logic Case Shiller Report, and you actually get and pay for a copy of the report, it's pretty alarming. Um, because you start seeing a lot more than just the 30 to 60 second news clip, right? Um I'm looking at markets right now. The lowest year-over-year price appreciation is Vegas at 7.9% year-over-year. Um, that's it. That's the lowest out of 20 cities. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Atlanta, 8.9%. Uh, oh, no. Chicago, 7.7. So that's still a damn fine year. That's a good cup of coffee. That's like a good Christmas. That's a good booty haul. That's like uh, um, pirate booty is the best, right? Um there's not a bad number on this list. Detroit is excluded, and I'll be honest with you, I've been a little bit lazy. Detroit is having some sort of problems with collecting data, or their data is bad, or I don't know. 
I should look into that because just for the interest of putting that mystery to bed, because I like mysteries. HBO Max would be launching a before they were famous TV show, and in this case, it's going to be Velma from Scooby Doo, which uh, I'm just telling you, we've run out of creative juices. Um, take a look at the markets, consumer staples, utilities, real estate, financials. They're all kind of a defensive feel. Tesla's down 10% today. Apple's down 3.3%. 10-year treasury sits at 1.37%. Ooh. We've made that move from 1.3 back up to uh, looking for 1.4. And again, the way it works is big round numbers do mean something to some people. One nugget, 0. 0.9, 0. 0.9, 0. 0.9. Give me one. Give me one. 1.1, 1.1, 1.2, 1.2. 1. And as it marches higher, and now it's marching towards 1.4, cost of money goes up. That means inflation, the cost of of borrowing cost goes up. You'll be paying more to interest than you will previous months. On your credit cards, on your bonds will be returning better. That's a positive, maybe. There's a lot going on inside of uh, today's news. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Tech sell-off is continuing. While the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell spoke a little bit today about seeing that inflation was soft, Wall Street rallied behind that. But again, you're still kind of a fray. I don't even know what chafe is, but the wheat and chafe being separated right now, and some of the big tech names are getting beat up after having a stellar 10-year run. Pretty much so across the board, whether you're Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook, Netflix, Apple. If I'm forgetting one like Microsoft, don't be mad at me. Uh, They seem to be pulling the NASDAQ down. There was a report on housing today. That home prices rose 10.4% for the biggest gain in seven years. Taking a look at some of the data, Phoenix up 14.4% year over year. That's uh, too much. But I'm not going to say it's too much and poo-poo it. I'm just going to say that seems ridiculous. Something weird's happening. We need to look for that, that anomaly. It's low-cost money. It's becoming higher-cost money. If interest rates continue to go higher from here, if we're at the 2%, 1.75% level one year from today. I'm willing to bet that if we were going to go 365 days in the future and look at this, the next year's S&P Standard & Poor's uh, Case Shiller report on real estate, I would imagine that the prices won't be up that strong and they'll be up nominally as there will be a shift in higher cost money sapping people's purchasing price availability. Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus has advanced into the House Budget Committee. It's slated for a full House vote later this week. Uh, it does not look – it looks to be pretty robust, but there's still some last-second things that can be edited out, so we're not going to comment on it as go spend that money yet. Tesla drops 12%, turns negative for the year. I will always be interested in seeing – I like down markets. And I know you're saying, What? Uh, let me explain. Let me explain before you get too mad at me. I like down markets because ultimately um, you kind of shake out the weaker hands. Uh, let's say you want to own Bitcoin or Tesla. Well, everyone wants to in good times. 
how does it do it during the bad times? And you kind of learn some risk profiles from the downtimes. Oftentimes on this show and other shows, I'll say, it doesn't hurt to take a look at a chart. And I almost highly recommend it. And what do I mean by that is the, the notion or the concept of look at how Microsoft or Apple or Cisco did in a good economy. Look how they did in a bad economy. Look how they did with unemployment at 4%. Look how they did with unemployment at 10%. Look how they did with interest rates at 0.6% versus 1.5% versus 4%. And at some point, you'll start coming up some, with some ranges and some parameters of how bad can things get. We've seen Bitcoin drop 80%. If it dropped 80% again, would I be surprised? No. Would a lot of people be crying in the streets? Yes. But we've seen it, so I kind of expect that it could happen. Maybe that's a worst-case scenario, but it could. I'm not being alarmist. I hope I'm not being alarmist. It's not my goal. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So a little bit of a what is believed a rotation in the market, which is pretty interesting in that last year was a good year for IPOs, but we also learned what SPACs were. Lucid Motors deal has sent shares of Michael Klein's SPAC tumbling 46%. Electric vehicle startup Lucid plans to go public through a reverse merger. The deal is largest in a series of such tie-ups involving electric vehicle companies and blank check firms. Lucid is led by, this gets interesting, ex-Tesla engineering executive and automotive veteran Peter Rawlinson. Was he the brains behind Tesla? A lot of the reviews on Teslas right now are not stellar on quality. And at one point in time, many years ago, they were all about quality. But a record reverse merger deal between Lucid and Churchill Capital sent shares of the SPAC run by well-known investor Michael Klein tumbling. We have companies in the United States, and this is just, I haven't talked about this at all. They're blank check companies. What's your business model? Oh, we don't really, ha- we invest in companies. Uh, where do you specialize? Well, we don't need to tell you that, so we don't. So I'm supposed to put my money with you so you can go out and buy companies. Well, my track record's pretty good, so yeah. Um, that's what's happening with SPACs right now. Churchill rose 470%. After it was first reported that companies were in talks for a merger last month. So this story to me is more about Tesla than it is about uh, the Lucid Air sedan, which is a very good-looking vehicle. Um, One of the problems we had with Toyota's Prius was it was a very boring hybrid vehicle. But getting 50 miles a gallon when gasoline was $4, $4 $4.25, Prius has thrived. Then I'm not going to say then because that's a little bit inappropriate. As Tesla grew, they were taking market share away from people like Prius because it was a more stylish vehicle. Now, I'm going to be honest, the Lucid Air sedan is a very good-looking vehicle. So Tesla's going to have more competition. And there will be people out there who don't like Tesla just because of Tesla uh, or Musk. It's, it's almost to me like there's always going to be a debate between PC people, Microsoft PC people, and Apple PC people. Tesla kind of needs that 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 bad guy, uh, maybe to push them, but we all need bad guys, according to the Joker in one of the Batman movies. And I know you're saying you're quoting Joker in Batman. Yes, I am. Lucid had some difficulty obtaining capital to fund its plans until September 2018, when it received a billion dollars by the Saudi Arabia government. So Saudi Arabia, aren't they known for oil? 
has invested in an electric vehicle company way early, and that kept Lucid alive long enough for Tesla to do some of their magic with production, some of their magic with earnings, to see some of the changes in society, like Gavin Newsom saying all cars sold in California need to be electric vehicle by 2030. 2030. You've seen some countries play with different numbers. 2035, excuse me. Um, but it seems like more and more countries are, are cool with electric vehicles. And they're not the electric vehicles of the past or the hybrids. Again, the Toyota Prius was not fun to drive. It, it was like a golf cart. And I, I haven't seen one recently, so I, I don't know if they're a story. But the reviews on Lucid's vehicles are pretty solid. Now, again, will they have to partner with people to build their cars? Probably. Um, so some of the work that Tesla has done to build up a moat might be in production. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Some stocks don't work out for you at certain periods of times, and it's fine. Someone has asked me recently, what do you think about Apple or what do you think about Microsoft? And I'll, I'll look at the performance and I'll say one's better than the other. Uh, more importantly, are you asking, can it go down? And the answer is always yes. More importantly, what time period do you have? I attract some people who don't have to make financial decisions until the last second, and they reach out to me and say, what should I do? That's never a good idea, especially since I don't get most of your information. 800-516-1220. Barclays is saying that Tesla shares are being driven more by... Reddit posts than by fundamentals. Huh. NASA showed us the first ever video of a NASA landing a rover on Mars. It's pretty cool stuff. If you're a nerd at all, it's really cool stuff. And all I'm going to throw down there is more interplanetary networks. We now have something sending us pictures from Mars. That's a network, right? Interplanetary. Um, I think technology has a long way to go. Of note, yesterday, a big announcement out of Elon Musk is that he's going to be doubling the speeds of the satellite internet service, which will be ready to go completely global by the end of the year, he says. And you're like, wait, wait, is he going to give up on Tesla? Is he going to walk away from Tesla and become a space guy? He kind of already has on some levels. Um, which also brings up another question of, should any of us be worried that Elon Musk has his fingers in too many companies? Running a CEO, running a business of thousands of people, there's there's a lot that goes through your head. Running two of those businesses or three of those businesses, can you cover it all? Can you protect your employees? Can you protect your market? Can you protect the uh, shareholders? The Rover is about the size of a small car, weighs in at over one ton. Um, it's pretty cool. And again, the, just if you're looking for like five to ten minute breaks, that's one of them in the day of the pandemic. Um, Woody Allen, I'm not going to comment. I'd much rather what I'm trying to get at is I can't do the darkness right now. So I'm going to watch NASA rovers um, and talk about networks. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Macy's had a remarkably good quarter um, and a good year. And that's one that I'm just going to let go. I recently saw Walmart decline a lot. And I'd rather have Walmart than Macy's. I'd rather have Amazon than Macy's. Um, what is your, and you're like, well, you're picking winners. I tend to pick winners in stocks. 
versus investing in losers because they tend to be losers or underperformers for a reason. House is set to pass Biden's COVID relief bill this week. Um, probably this time next week we'll be getting a little bit closer. Um, House GOP objections are out there, but it's a lot of stimulus. And to be honest with you, one of the things I said in the segment was this time next year I'll be interested in seeing home prices if the 10-year treasury continues to march higher. I would bet a dollar that they won't be up 10%, maybe up 2%, but not up 10%. Um, same thing with the NASDAQ right now. Transition you're seeing, um, the money that's going to come into reopening stocks or the business that's going to come into uh, reopening stocks like cinemas and cruise lines and airlines and hotels, it's going to be significant. A lot of Americans saved a lot of money during the pandemic. Find me online at robloxshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. So I've got a teeny tiny little bullet shot into what I do for I'm not very good at a lot of social issues. I'm not good at party planning or anything like that. I'm good at trying to get you to retirement, getting you far enough along that you'll thank me in a couple of years, hopefully. Despite the current pause on federal student loan payments, student debt continues to be a major concern of mine, um, not only as a father, but as a person who sees college education as something that should help our society create more high-paying jobs. More high-paying jobs create more taxes. Um, it's interesting those taxes go back into our economy in theory through our government. But even things like the $15 minimum wage, the ramifications are, are big. It's not just the small business owner who pays a 16-year-old kid to flip burgers and whether or not he wants to get a kiosk to replace that person. But when you do start giving people $15 salaries, their Social Security tax is directly tied towards what you get in retirement with Social Security. Um, which is interesting. A lot of people don't see, let's tie those two things together, but there's something going on there. But student debt, and for lack of a better argument, Joe Biden said, yeah, I'm looking at canceling debt. And Alexander Ocasio-Cortez was like, yeah, you should do 50000 for every student. That's where my story ends, because I don't know the ramifications of any of this. So I wait to see what the legislation looks like, if it'll ever be put together. Will it be a promise broken? Will it be a promise that we get to later? Don't know. But inside some of the data, I see some things that alarm me. Black college graduates owe $52,726,000 in student debt. White college grads owe $28,006. Um, politically sensitive topic, I know. But why are black students coming out of college with almost exactly double the debt as white students. And again, this is black college grads, white college grads. Um, I'll let the numbers speak for themselves and say we got some problems in America, uh, in my opinion. But I'm not really that smart on this, so I kind of stop right there. Facebook is befriending Australia again after striking a deal with 
can a bear government on a new law? This was an interesting one. To me, this is kind of lost on the average user out there or the average investor. But Facebook last week blocked Australian users from sharing and using news on the site, trying to protest against the government's bill. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Australian Treasurer John Frydenberg have since negotiated compromise on a number of changes and a number of guarantees. Should people, should hardworking journalists have their material reposted on Facebook without getting compensated? I think I already kind of gave away a bogus answer. Should hardworking journalists? And the answer to me is kind of yeah. But then again, some people are very leery of uh, Facebook in Australia because they see. Isn't this all about the Australian newspapers getting into bed for an old term that will probably be retired sooner than later? Uh, isn't this really about Facebook kind of – not Facebook, but uh, Rupert Murdoch's media companies in newspapers particularly in Australia getting a little bit more money and they give a little bit more money to the government? Uh, if you're cynical. And I don't think cynical is a bad thing. Just between you and me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. NASDAQ skids below its 50-day moving average for the first time since October as yields on 10-year treasury has jumped. This is a situation where it can get out of hand pretty quickly, just so you know. Uh, sometimes selling begets selling. And today, you're seeing the NASDAQ dip below its 50-day moving average. So if you've been in, the momentum's not there. Now, typically, when the NASDAQ dips below its 50-day moving average, professional investors step in and say, okay, I'll, I'll pick some of that up. So this morning, the NASDAQ was down as much as 2.5%. Now it's down 1.1%. Um, so are we buying the dip? Question mark. Or are we putting more money into alternatives? Uh, Tesla is the one that is kind of the, the canary in the coal mine. Down 20% from its recent highs. It's technically a bear market. Making a bit of a recovery today from previous lows, intraday lows. Um, quite a bit of recovery. So going from a low today of $620 a share up to 705 And you're like, wait, wait. I could have made 85 bucks. I could have made that kind of return. Yeah, today was a 5% swing in Tesla from bottom to the top. Um, that's a big one. So what I see in that is, why did it bounce at 620? It did something. Denny Yellen say? Was it something Jerome Powell said? It's a very good question. 52 week high is 900 dollars. Now it's at 700 dollars. Is that enough of a dip for you to buy? Do you have a question? Do you even want to own Tesla? Like, bigger question. But what I'm seeing is all electric vehicles, like Neo out of China, is down 25% from its all-time high. So it's almost as if it's not a Tesla thing or a Bitcoin thing, but an all-electric vehicle things. Short term, uh, the momentum is gone in the Tesla stock. Uh, short term is typically maybe six weeks or less. Midterm, it doesn't seem to be... Like we're really favoring big tech companies that had big runs last year to do the same exact thing this year. So midterms by the end of this year. But long term, I think Tesla still looks attractive. So at some point in time, I will become interested um, if it were to fall enough. But I'm not doing that on this show.
consult a broker advisor before taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. For the record, I'm going to be picking up um, a new podcast probably March slash April. Um, and it'll be a lot more focused on strategies. So wait for it. Uh, and I'll let you know when it arrives. You can always find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. This is a program you can break with. Little talking heads. Enjoy. I'm Rob Black.